Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucet, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of, and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also, visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every Thursday, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is a board-certified family physician who has served the needy in the south side of Chicago his entire career. He's made over 25 mission trips to developing countries in Latin America, Africa, and the Caribbean. He's the author of the book Mortal Doctor and is best known for his portrayal of the character Shang Tsung in the popular video game Mortal Kombat 2. Please welcome my guest today, Dr. Philip Ahn. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank you for taking the time. I truly appreciate it. What we like to do with all my guests, I want to go back to the beginning. I want to know when you first got involved in martial arts, kind of what was that first spark and what led to your interest in martial arts? So it was a, sort of a easy decision, not even really a decision. My father started a taekwondo school when he was in Korea. Um, I lived in Korea until I was eight years old. So when I was six and my brother was a year and a half older than me, so he was only about four and a half we were thrown into his class, and we took it for about six months before he came to the United States to live and with the plan to bring us, the whole family, with him as soon as possible. Okay. And that didn't happen until two years later. But So I took lessons for about six months and then did not continue once he left. Now, um, he once he got to the United States, he did not teach Taekwondo for, as, a, uh, as a profession until, uh, I believe, a couple of years. No, no, actually, maybe one year after arriving. He worked, I believe, factory jobs until he was set up to teach in a couple of YMCAs in the Chicagoland area, then eventually to teach along with his brother-in-law, my aunt's husband, who had a couple of Taekwondo schools at that time. And so he taught with him and then eventually opened his own school. And I, I believe right before we came to the, the rest of the family came to the United States when I was eight years old. So even then, I didn't take Taekwondo right away. I didn't really resume lessons again until junior high, about when I was about 12 years old. Oh, and wow. basically, I've been going since then. Okay, and was, Although, was, was that your choice at the time? Yes, uh, uh, and at that time, it became my choice. I wanted to do it, my, even though I was the firstborn of, he was an eighth-degree black belt at that time. I said, eh, I still want to do it. And so my almost all of my family members um, did take lessons from my dad mm -hmm. for, for the most part. Um, only my youngest sister, who is five years older than me, did not eventually obtain a a black belt. She stopped at brown belt. Okay. And so when, I have a, I have one brother and two sisters. Okay. And so when you were 12 and decided to go back, what was it? What drew you to it? What made you want to go back? 
my parents had bought their first house. Uh, we lived in a couple of apartments when we moved to Chicago, and then they bought their first house when I was going into seventh grade. And so I was new to the neighborhood, and so the only thing to do really after school uh, was to go to my taekwondo, my dad's taekwondo school, and either I guess do homework or do taekwondo. <laughs> and so I said, I. I think I'd rather do taekwondo than <laughs> good choice. <laughs> homework all night, yeah. 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 Nice. And do you, so, which which system of taekwondo, which kwan was that? Oh, uh, it's a uh, mudak kwan. Okay. Yes, and um, it's World Taekwondo Federation. So mm-hmm. the the style that eventually um, produced the Olympic type of sparring, Olympic uh, the the type of sparring that that became an Olympic sport. Right. So yeah, right. so my first martial art when I was ten years old, I started in Tong Sudo, and it was actually Mudak Kwan Tong Sudo. Uh, when oh, wow. I, yeah, okay. when I was ten, and when I started traditional Taekwondo, it was it switched Kwans at one point when I was studying, but it was uh, I think it started as Chung Mu Kwan, and then we switched to the Song Mu Kwan. So okay, and then and then Great. we do we do the uh, the Palge patterns. Oh yes, my my dad also taught Palge patterns, nice. and um, and even when most Olympic style taekwondo schools switched mm-hmm. to uh, what Te- is it? Teguk. Um, Teguk, yes, Teguk mm-hmm. forms. We stayed with Palge. Same with my instructor. He's one of the only instructors left that still teaches the Palge in our area up here in Fargo, North Dakota. And actually, his instructor, if I remember correctly, his instructor that moved from Korea to bring taekwondo to this area started in Chicago too in the early late sixties or early seventies. Uh, Grandmaster Mu Young Yun, who is a now with tenth degree black belt. Okay, um, Yoon, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I've met him before. I... Yeah, I'm, right, I'm not sure where he lives anymore, but I know he, he, he went moved from Chicago, then I think he came to Fargo, North Dakota, and taught here until the early 90s, so. Yeah, okay. So then did you get into competition when you were young? Yeah, so um, now I, I know I gathered that you have not had a chance to read my book. So in my book, I mentioned this, mm-hmm. but my father was more into teaching martial arts for the philosophy of it and not for the competition aspect of it. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, nice. and so he, even though we were good athletes and, and good martial artists, my brother and I, he discouraged us from entering many tournaments. He, he we did enter a couple mm-hmm. uh, and we almost always won uh, when we did. For example, if his good friend was putting on a tournament, he would support them, mm-hmm. support him, and, and um, we would enter such small such tournaments. But overall, he thought competition brought out the, the worst and not the best of martial arts. And so he did not encourage us to, to enter it. And, and instead, he wanted us to follow martial arts um, for its philosophy and, and worldview. And, and then he encouraged us more to study, which in the long run, um, <laughs> you know, I'm thankful for because, yeah, I actually didn't think I had the the ability or the even the intelligence to become a physician, but once I started applying the discipline that I learned from Taekwondo, I, I said, Wow, I'm I'm gonna what do you know, I'm gonna become a physician. You know, I, I would I surprised myself. That's good. So do you remember then your uh, your first black belt test and just talk a little bit about what that was like? Oh yeah, black belt test. Let me think here. So some schools, some schools, but mm-hmm. and and some styles, getting a black belt and first degree black belt is a huge deal. Uh, it's very tough. 
Other schools, it's, it's just you buy the time and then you get it. It's almost automatic. Right. So my father did make it pretty tough, but I was, I believe, uh, still either, I either got it right before I graduated from high school or, or junior high or high school. Okay. So it wasn't that. I had to just know all the forms. I had to spar both one-on-one with a black belt and two-on-one against non-black belts okay. and Okay. And then break boards, uh, both with my hands and feet, demonstrate some uh, self-defense techniques that my dad had taught. But it doesn't, you know, what? what's incredible is that nobody, I've done so many interviews, especially since I've been involved in Mortal Kombat, and no one's actually asked, asked me that question. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah, that, that's just, I'm I, surprised. It always intrigues me because I just, I love, especially, you know, I know how different, how it's changed over the years and how I've heard some of the stories and how tough some of the tests were back then and compared to, you know, compared to now and stuff. And it's, I, I just like hearing the difference because my, my first black belt test was in 1996 and it was tough, but I know I talked to people who tested for their black belts in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and they sounded a, a heck of a lot tougher. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I would say that. It was tough. So do you remember some of the breaks you had to do? Some of the board breaks? My favorite kicking break was a uh, flying side kick, for sure. Okay. And so I would do that over, even at that, at that age of 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I still, I would jump over uh, probably 8, 9, 10 people and, wow. and do flying side kick breaks. And then aside from that, hand breaks. They were not my specialty, so what what do I remember from my handbrakes? Not not bricks. I, I did not uh, at that time. My my father did not um, make us do bricks, and so I chose not to do bricks. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, probably just a combination of of uh, knife hand one direction and elbow and then another direction or something like that. But, okay. But yeah. Yeah, I was always more a fan of the kicking too. I think my favorite one from my black belt test for the kicking was. I had two. I had one. I had to. I had to drop the board and snap kick it in midair. Okay. And that one, I was just shocked that I got it. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Because yeah. the other people who tested missed, so I was very shocked that I got it. And I also had to do it with a punch. And that one, I missed the first time and actually fractured my knuckle. Um, but I got it the second time. And then I think my other favorite one was a standing a board, balancing a board on end on the ground and doing a sweeping backspin break. I hit like the top of it and took off like two inches of the board. <laughs> I didn't even hit it in the middle, but it still broke. So it counted. That was kind of fun. <laughs> and, that, okay, great. I, and I actually had to do bricks. I did uh, three, three bricks, forearm and one brick with my head. And that was the only, only break I missed on my test was the head break. So <laughs> Oh, you know, what's funny is uh, one of my dad's black belts and he was, you know, I was a kid, so I, I didn't, I thought of everyone, an adult as being really old, but um, <laughs> he went on and, and if they had, if he had been doing it, like in this time of social media and every media and everything, mm-hmm. he would have been a sensation. But I think he broke some type of record with breaking so many bricks with his head. That's cool. Yeah. So at any point then, um, after you got your black belt or maybe even before, did you ever get involved in teaching? Was that something that interested you and did you enjoy doing that? Teaching? Uh, So my dad made us teach for him uh, from time to time, all the black belts, including, or maybe I should say, especially me sometimes, even though I was only in high school at that time. But, Mm -hmm. and I didn't mind it, but then once I got to college after my freshman year, when some there was a, I went to a, 
a small Christian college called Wheaton College in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And they had a karate club, but it, it was small, not, not too many attended. And the main leaders there asked me after they saw what I could do, if I would start a Taekwondo club the following year, then they would disband the, the karate club and have the instructor not return and, and they would instead be my assistant for the Taekwondo club. So wow. that's what we did. We, we put on a demonstration, like 40 people joined right away. And so I started teaching at that time and I loved it. I taught twice a week. It helped me become more disciplined. For, for one, I had to manage my study time too so that I, right. could, well, I could teach. But also just because I was teaching discipline, I, I wanted to become more disciplined myself. And so it was a, a great decision. I'm thankful for my assistants that convinced me to start the club and helped me run it and so forth. So, and over the years, I had some, some great, great students. I had some professors. I had. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I had a, a, one of my students went on to become, his, his father played in the NBA, coached in the NBA, and he also, after college, followed in his footsteps and, really? and became Mark Cuban's uh, right-hand man, president of the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. Donnie um, Nelson, yeah. That's cool. So, okay. Yeah. So. I'm a big Mark Cuban fan, so I love Shark Tank. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So how long, yeah. did, how long did you teach for then? So I taught it while I was in college, and then my brother, who went to the same college, kept it going after I left, and then my sister even taught it one year, but then my brother stuck around, so he kept it going, and then once I finished my residency in the Chicagoland area, I, my brother and I opened up the school, and then I also asked him if he wanted to keep the club going and have me be involved again. So the club only, the only thing that shut the club down was COVID. So really? it had been going since 84 until two years ago. Not, I, I was not actively teaching. Mm -hmm. I was only going, going out there testing two times a semester. Mm -hmm. um, but it kept going under, under our umbrella from 84 until, what was it? 2020, 2020? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah wow. there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. And yes. what, what what about the school you two opened together? How long did that school keep going, or is it still going? So we, my brother, he had already been teaching at a couple of YMCA's. And so when I said, hey, how about we resurrect my dad's school and, and start an actual school, he had uh, reservations. He said, you know, it's a lot of work and so forth. I said, well, you could do the business side and I'll do the teaching. And, but we both ended up teaching, and we also had other instructors, and so it did. It did become a lot of work. So we <laughs> did keep it. We kept the school from, I would like to say, fifteen-ish years, I believe. I, okay. And then it, it just became, as he predicted, mm -hmm. it became a lot of work. And, and with, when we both had careers, you know, I'm a physician, and he was in business, and then eventually became a business professor, and so. We had careers, we had families, and so it became a lot of work. And so we both decided this is our final lease, and then we're not going to renew it. We told all our students, and, and he was still, he was teaching part-time at another school, so he welcomed all his students to follow him there who wanted to. And then I got a gig teaching at a health club, and 
I said the same thing. You know, some of our students lived more west, and those that didn't who wanted to follow me did. So both of us taught just like very part time, twice a week or so, okay. until until he got a professorship in Hawaii, and so he moved out there. So and then I was still teaching until twice a week at a health club until the administration at the health club changed, and then. Uh, it made it a little difficult to keep going. So I said, I think it's a good time for me to basically retire. And, and until last year, I was on the only, besides training on my own and you know, unofficially teaching people here and there, like mm-hmm. my wife, um, I was the only, only involvement with Taekwondo formally was testing the black belts at us. Okay. At a sister school, but that school also shut down. I'm sure COVID hurt business too. So yeah, yeah. So they shut down last year too. Oh. So so as of right now, the only martial art involvement I had is the autograph signings and, and <laughs> podcasting that that I'm doing. Okay. That involve that involve uh, Mortal Kombat too. So thinking back to when your your dad first made you help teach to when you closed your school down, what do you think changed most about your teaching style over those years? Well. I'm definitely a disciplinarian. Um, I would say overall in life, not only in Taekwondo, I'm a loving disciplinarian, but initially I would say I was more of a disciplinarian than a loving disciplinarian. And so <laughs> I, that gradually shifted towards the, the loving and, and patient disciplinarian that I, I became. Okay. So what led to the Mortal Kombat thing? You've probably been asked this a ton of times, but I'm just curious, what, you know, how did that come about? You know, I believe everything happens for a reason. There's a plan, you know, and I believe in God, so it's, it's God's plan. And so I was uh, in med school um, down at Champaign, Illinois, and I, was just, I would go to the gym and take uh, study breaks from time to time, and I did Taekwondo. I found this. This guy who did uh, Taekwondo, oh no, he saw me doing Taekwondo and he he asked me if he could work out with me, so I said, sure. And then these other guys that did Wushu saw us doing martial arts and and asked if one of them uh, wanted to spar with me, I said, sure. And so that ended up being Ho Young Pak, Ho Sung's brother. And so... They were both doing wushu, and so their forms were much different. But, but you know, sparring is sparring, so we, we sparred. Not it, sure, it was different rules. So I didn't, we didn't spar Olympic style taekwondo. We we sparred more like karate point style type, um, of sparring. But that was okay. It was just for, it was just for training. You mm-hmm. know? So we did, and um, then that was my first year of medical school. Second to fourth years. That my last three years of medical school were at a different campus. And so when I went there to finish my medical school, I heard that those guys uh, were discovered and, and became involved with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies yep. as, as the stunt guys, as the martial artists. And so, oh, actually, have you had either of them? No, on? They're, they're, okay. they're on my wish list. I, I've, I've, I've <laughs> okay. reached out to both of them and haven't got back yet, but I, I've met them both, but it was... 30 years ago at the Diamond Nationals oh. Karate Tournament in Minneapolis. Oh. So. <laughs> well, then you might have met me because I, I remember going to Diamond Nationals with, I, with my fellow ex- nice. and kids. 
I was there. So I was there in 1990 through probably 95 and then probably again, like 97 through 99. So. Oh yeah, maybe then somewhere we might've crossed that. That's cool. But yeah, I remember actually speaking of diamond nationals, I remember we, when we were really popular, Ernie Reyes Jr. and Sr. were being uh, inducted into the Diamond Nationals Hall of Fame. Yep. I met them both that year. They were there talking about the movie Surf Ninjas, too. Okay. All right. So that year, they had a booth. We had a booth signing autographs. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned this in my book, but their line was so much shorter than our line. Our line was so long. We, shortly after we had Fillmore come back to it was we were very popular back then. I, I might have met you then because I got autographs and pictures from both of those booths. I'll have okay. To, I need to go. I, I need to go dig through my pictures now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So anyway, where were we? I yeah. don't remember. Well, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you heard about them doing Ninja Turtles and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I said, oh, well, that's good for them. But you know, I'm gonna keep going with my medical school career. You know, I'm not gonna go by any means be deterred from from that. You know, to pursue entertainment and so I finished medical school I came back to the Chicagoland area for residency and just by coincidence I ran into Hosan again at a restaurant in the suburbs and we got talking and I asked him about the movies and he, he briefly mentioned it but he talked more about this video game that he had just filmed called Mortal Kombat and I said and I didn't know much about video games I, I you know when I was in high school I played Pong and, <laughs> yep. and Space Invaders, and, and, and that, that was about it. And so when he mentioned that he was in a video game, it, it, was, it was strange to me. And so, but he uh, invited me to work out with him and his uh, cast members. And so I, I was in the suburbs, and they were working out in the city. So I would come about once uh, a week or, or, or so, mostly on Saturdays to work out with them and they were all cool they were nice and they they like they were they seemed to be impressed with with my style my, and my techniques and so forth and so after getting to know them and and working out with them and hanging out with them they oh and seeing how big Mortal Kombat was I mean I yeah. until I started working out with them I had no idea how big this game would be and then I started seeing Mortal Kombat arcades everywhere I went. I mean, when I went on vacation to Hawaii, I saw it. When I went on vacation to Europe, I saw it. And so, so it became big and, and they introduced me to the makers of the game. And shortly after that, uh, Daniel Cassina asked me if I wanted to be involved with Mortal Kombat 2. And I said, sure. And then he offered me a couple of uh, roles, uh, which is Shang Tsung, which is who would become young. He's an old man in the first game, and he would become young to enter the tournament in the second game. Or the ninjas, uh, Scorpion, Reptile, Sub-Zero. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, well, you already did those roles in the first game, so I'll pick Shang Tsung. So that was it. Just like that, I became involved with Mortal Kombat 2. That's kind of cool. So did, was there any talk with, you know, when the movies came out, where were any of the people from the video games involved in that? Did they, you get talked to at all about any of the movie yeah, stuff? Or? Yeah, so it's, unfortunately, it became a sore subject, and I do briefly mention it in, in the book, but 
the makers of the video game did not expect big things from Mortal Kombat and then subsequently from Mortal Kombat 2. They just thought they would just make a few bucks, you know, mm -hmm. selling arcade games. But it became a phenomenon. And so when it was about to become, you know, go to the home systems and then talk about a movie and talk about action figures and things like that, they wanted us to sign a much bigger release than we had signed filming for the arcade game. And so I did not, I never approached things um, just for money. And right. so I said, I said, hey, I'm just thankful that you guys gave me this opportunity. I'm going to go along with whatever you guys want to go along with. You know, if you guys are going to sign, I'll sign this release also. If you don't want to sign, I won't sign. And so a few of them signed and got to be in in the next projects and so forth, but not movies. Okay. Yeah, just just they got to be in the next video games. While those that didn't sign, we were excluded from anything else. And, okay. and that was, including me. But it, in terms of who was approached for the movies, it wasn't going to be us anyway. It was, I don't know, it was Larry, Ka Lawrence Kasanoff who did the Terminator movies and I don't know if he did the Ninja Turtle movies, but any, I believe all of the auditions and, and casting was done in California. Okay. Still a, yeah. cool, it's a, still a cool story. And I, I mean, something not many people get to say that they were part of a game like that as big well, as that they, game was. So Yeah. But in t if they had used me to do the martial art movies for Shang Tsung, who was not, who's a well-known actor, mm -hmm. but he's, he's not a martial artist. Right. That would have, made the fight scenes much better. And same with uh, Daniel Casino. If he had done Johnny Cage, yep. it would have it would have been much better. The other guys, the Ninja Turtle, the ninjas, I mean, like yep. Scorpion and Sub-Zero, Reptile, those guys were good because they they were established martial artists. Right. You know? yeah. yeah, it seems like nowadays they're, they're a lot better at making non-martial artists look like they know martial arts than they were back then. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's gotten, well, but, gotten better. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they turn away, you know, like I know some people that are still acting, not just doing martial arts. So they'll tell me the secrets. And I said, hey, did you actually do, for example, I know Liu Kang, the guy that did Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat Legacy for YouTube. I said, I know you're not a martial artist. Did you do the fight scene? And, and he said, well, I did the punching and the pushing, but... The kicking and so forth, that, that was all done by the stunt double, oh, you know, okay. the mars martial artist stunt double. So, nice. Yeah. So uh, what made you decide to write the book? Okay, so that's another good story. So Tony Marquez, who played Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, he had been talking about writing uh, a book. He had formed a band, and he, he was branding himself as Kung Fu Rockstar. And so the book was going to be titled that as a matter of fact we were he has a usually has a christmas party and he invited some of the characters to come to his school's christmas party one year and someone was interviewing uh tony and me and he asked tony so tony when is your book coming out and what's it called so he said kung fu rockstar and it should come out sometime next year and this and this was 2018 i believe yeah and so so then he asked me the interviewer asked me, so Philip, when are you writing a book? 
I said, oh, I don't, have, I don't have time. And Tori said, you should write a book. You got all these stories, you know, of, you know, not just martial arts, but like my mission trips and and so forth. And I said, oh, I don't have time. Maybe if they get a ghostwriter or something, I'll, I'll consider it. So that's how we left it at the interview. But I told my daughter this, and my daughter was at that time a senior in high school. And she said, Dad, you should write a book. Even if it doesn't get published, I would like to read your story. And I said, hmm, okay. So that was my inspiration. I started basically journaling, you know, everything I could remember from my life in Korea all the way to my involvement with the game, plus other significant aspects of my life. And so those are all chronicled in my book. That's very cool. And how has it been received? How have, you know, the pe- people you've talked to that have read it, uh, reviews yeah, and stuff? Yeah, um, almost all five-star reviews on Amazon. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I when I go to conventions and so forth, I do uh, have it there for people who do want to purchase it and so forth. And they, they seem to be eager to read about it. Um, cool. As a matter of fact, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes my patients are... are both sneaky and surprised. Well, one sometimes they'll they'll come to a, a visit and say, "Hey, can you sign this for me?" I said, "Oh, I didn't even know you knew that about me." That's and awesome. Then, yeah, and then and then another time though, um, like I will be giving uh, interviews at a panel at a comic con or something like that. I remember the last one in Chicago where we gave an, a panel. We did a, a few of us were on a panel. And then we returned to our booth, and someone comes running up to me. We had masks still at that time. Mm-hmm. She put her mask down, and she said, hey, I used to be your patient. Said, oh, wow. So she said she had no idea <laughs> that I did this. And so, so of course, she got a book for me, and then and she was very, very, very happy about That's cool. finding that out. How did you come up with the name of the book? Is that Did you think of that? Did someone help you with that? Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I thought of that. I could, so, I mean, those are basically the two reasons, two main reasons for writing the book. Right. You know, my, my life in medicine and, and my alter ego is, you know, in Mortal Kombat. So, and MD, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. was that the first name you thought of or did, was there a couple other ones you, nah, maybe not. Actually, uh, I've, since then I've written also a smaller book called Mortal Discipline. And oh. so all of my, I, I, and I have a few other ideas, so they're all going to have MD in their title. Okay. Most, most, li- most likely uh, with the word mortal. You know? So Mortal Discipline, the second smaller book, is more of a inspirational guidebook about how to apply the principles of martial arts into all of life. And when does that one come out? No, it's, a, it's already out. They're oh. both out. Is that one yeah. on? Is that one on? Um, on Amazon, Amazon also, yes, yes. Oh, there! I just found it. All right, I will put a make sure I put a link for both <laughs> of them on the show notes because that's cool. I might have to order two books now. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, thank that's you very all, much. That's, uh, I have a a growing martial arts library, and especially since I started the show, I've definitely added to it a lot more. But I oh, probably wow. I probably have uh, probably around. 150 to 200 martial arts books. Oh, and, wow. And I, I used to read a book a week. Okay. But ever since I started doing the podcast, I just haven't had the time to read as much as I enjoyed. Yeah, so, I understand. And Mr. Mister Pineda sent me three books after our interview. So now I have three more I have to get through. And, and that's my other Wait, books. but he, he hasn't written any. No, he right? sent me um, some of uh, June Ree's books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I met... 
I met Junri once. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and his daughter, uh, and then I met Shannon Lee once. Um, oh, you know Bruce Lee's daughter. Yeah, yeah. They they were all all at Capitol Classics in. DC. Yeah, she's another dream guest. I, I, I put the request out there and, and nothing yet. <laughs> I did meet Linda at the tournament in 1995 too when I was out in California. So I'd okay. met, yeah, I met her. I met uh, I met Benny the Jet Yurkidas out there, which was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I've met Ernie Reyes Jr. and Senior and uh, a lot of yeah. the guys that were like the NASCA guys. I met a lot of those guys back then and stuff, but uh, I've never met Chuck Norris. Yeah. Not yet. I'm still so, hope, hoping maybe someday. So Yeah. Okay, great. So I'm curious now. Your so your background is is in traditional martial arts your your whole life. What is your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on like MMA and the UFC? Is that something? Are you a fan of? Do you do you watch that at all? I was intrigued when UFC first came, yep. just because you know basically they were trying to prove what style worked the best in the streets. There were no rules, yeah. Type of so. Back then, it was intriguing, and the fact that Hoist Gracie, who was not small but not big by any means, he beat everybody. Yep. That sort of, uh, you know, made the striking arts look a little bad, you know. But after that, it became more and more just uh, a business, you know. And so it's I watch it peripherally, but that's it. Okay. You know? Not a I don't follow it um, by any means on a regular basis. I don't even know who I. The big names anymore. The the big names I remember: Ronda Rousey and yep. uh, Conor McGregor. And after that, I don't I don't even know who the big names are. Anymore. Yeah, I I used to watch it religiously. I I used to judge MMA like local regional MMA oh, wow. fights. I used to, I wow. judged about a thousand fights over the years, but. And I used to watch it religiously, and I probably haven't watched a full event in over five years. So <laughs> kind of the same way. Yeah. I probably couldn't name many of them right now either, but yeah, that's okay. Who were some names that you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore of martial arts? Okay, so that depends on what you're judging by, you know. Well, it's, it's your personal uh, choice, so it's completely up oh. to you. It's what you know, people who, maybe who had an influence on you personally. If you just think they've done a lot for the martial arts, it's completely up to you. You're, you're, you know, you're two, yeah. two, three, four top names you want to put on there. I mean, you have to put Bruce Lee on there because mm-hmm. nobody in the Western Hemisphere knew about martial arts until based until Bruce came, you know. Yep. And so you have to put him up there. Then, well, because I'm from uh, the Taekwondo background, I would have to put Stephen Lopez because he's the most proficient Olympic Taekwondo athlete, you know. So he would have to go up there and. Let's see, who else? I mean, even though MMA, I'm not a huge fan, someone that put MMA, two people that put MMA in the spotlight would be Hoist Gracie. One is Mayo is Hoist Gracie and Ronda Rousey would be female. Okay, that, that's four right there. Very, that's four good answers. I think Bruce yeah. Lee's probably been picked the most. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. anyone's put Ronda up there. I think Hoist has been picked a couple times. So some good answers though. All right. So in all your years then of martial arts, and I know, like I said, you, your, your father wanted you to study for the philosophical philosophy. side of it. Yeah. Yes. Philosophy yeah. and everything. So is there one philosophy you learned over the years that really stands out for you? Well, uh, so I have to give advice to my patients, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and when I was teaching to students and so I make a sort of make a humor, inject humor into it, but two some very simple things. One is, you know, it's from Karate Kid when Mr. Miyagi is telling Danielson, balance, Danielson, balance, you mm-hmm. know. So that's number one. And then the second one is like when 
patients, they look at me, sometimes they look at me, not just to me, and say, hey, you're in great shape, what is your secret? You know, I joke with them and I say, vitamin D, you know, and, and they think it's the real vitamin D, but it's, no, but D for discipline. Nice. You know? and so, okay. Yes. And so I did not learn those two pieces of philosophy from my dad, per se, but I definitely learned those things from martial arts, whether it be karate kid or, or just uh, the general concept of having learned martial arts and teaching martial arts. Okay. So balance and discipline are the main two keys to life. I like that. I'm just curious now, did you guys do the five tenets of Taekwondo and did you do that? Yes. Okay, cool. And actually, Mortal Discipline is based on those five tenets. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, that's one thing that's, I, I learned, I had to do many push-ups learning the learning the tenets of Taekwondo. <laughs> so, And our, yeah. our instructor also taught us the, the tenets of the Hwaring Do too. So it's which I oh, okay. aren't, aren't taught as, and as many Taekwondo schools that I found, but there's still some out there that teach that too, so. All right, I have a, a few fun questions to wrap it up. Now, these last few questions, you can't pick anything you've been involved in. First up, do you have a favorite martial arts book? Oh, uh, not Mortal Death. <laughs> can't oh, pick, no, that, can't pick that one. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, favorite book? Martial arts book. Book, 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 book. Wow. Man, if you would have said movie, can we change it to a movie? Or is that uh, That's coming, coming up. <laughs> oh. Uh, dang. I mean, to be honest, I've only read martial arts book for the learning, you know, like learning the forms. Yeah, uh, and, and those count. Is there is there one that stands oh. out that you really enjoyed, or? Well, I don't even remember the title of. Oh, I think it was just called Kyoruri, which is sparring in uh, Korean. But a after the '88 Olympics, when the was it welterweight? I believe it, it was welterweight. A Korean guy who was only like five nine, he mm -hmm. knocked out everybody, including Jay Wilbur from the United States. Yep. He uh, wrote a book about sparring, and so I read that. I think I have it in my on my shelf, I'm sure. So oh, cool. that that was a very practical book. Okay, I'll have to look that one up. All right, now this one, I'm I'm not sure. You you kind of talked a little little bit about video games before. Do you other than Mortal Kombat? Do you have a favorite martial arts video game? Any uh, I, you, you, I, you talked I, about Pong I, and stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I still don't play much uh, video games. As a matter of fact, even five, six-year-olds using my own character have, have beat, beaten me in, oh, at, at oh, my man. own game. Man. Yes, yes, well, that's, I know. That's, that's, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. But, that's, but um, I would say it's been a long time since I played it, but I, would, I remember liking Tekken, and oh, I said, yes. hey, hey, they have a... This guy could do axe kicks, and I and I did when I was filming for Shane Song. I did do axe kicks, and I don't know why they they chose to uh, not include it in there. Yeah. They have it in Tekken. Why don't they have it in? That's why didn't they put it? In? I love Tekken. Oh. Tekken was a fun game, and yeah, the axe yeah. kicks are great. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a, a friend who that was his specialty because I I was never as flexible as him, but he could bring his leg up next to his head and just slam it oh, down, yeah. and no yeah. one could stop it. It was so cool to watch. <laughs> well, and axe kicks were very unique to Olympic style taekwondo. When mm -hmm. they now now they're not they're used in you know, basically all martial arts yeah. that are that involve kicking. But back then it was unique to Olympic style taekwondo. Cool. All right. How about a favorite martial arts TV show? Um, I mean, if Cobra Kai counts, maybe that. It's um, been it's been picked probably about uh, ten times by now. So yeah. It'll... So hold on. <laughs> so then I'm gonna say, uh, shoot. 
WMAC Masters. <laughs> nah, hey, good one. That's, yeah. I think about three or four people have picked that one. That's a that's I loved that show. I mean, I was yeah. I was in my twenties and I loved that show. It was so much fun. Yeah. And I've had uh, I've had a handful of those guys. I've had Herb Perez on the show. Um, oh, nice. I've had Carmichael Simon on the show. I'm actually uh, interviewing uh, Lynette Love this weekend. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so she'll be on the show. Yeah, I've had uh, Christine Bannon Rodriguez has been on the show. So yeah, it's I've oh. had a, a handful of those guys on there and. I miss it. I wish they'd. Uh, I, I wish they'd bring it back and do new episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's maybe it would be more popular now. Uh, back then, uh, martial arts has had a hard time getting into mainstream entertainment. It seems like the show uh, was, it but, was ahead of its time. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if it would have came out five years later, it probably would have done uh-huh. better. I mean, because really, the only thing that really made it for long periods of time around is Walker, Texas Ranger. You there know, you go. Because like martial law only lasted yeah. a couple seasons, and you know, there's a few other ones. A lot of them that lasted one or two seasons, and that was it. Well, if um, the star of Marshall, what's the name? Is oh, Sammo Hung. Yeah, if Sammo yeah. Hung could speak English, <laughs> yeah, or if they would have dubbed him, then it would have been better. But it, I mean, it was it was very hard listening to him. But it was yeah. such a fun show. I enjoyed it. So it was. <laughs> I I actually liked it. I I. Look forward to watching it. Yep, I, I still go back and watch reruns. I found it on on online website, and I still go back and watch it. So no, it's it's actually on Me TV, I believe. Oh, uh, is it on Saturdays? Oh, nice. Yes, on, okay, on Saturdays. Want to look for it. Okay. All right, here's the one you've been waiting for. Favorite martial arts movie? The Last Dragon. Nice, Barry Gordy's yes. The Last Dragon. I love it. Yes. I'm trying to get Ty Mac on my show. <laughs> I re- oh, okay, I really want him on my show. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> Yes, when I saw that in the theaters, I loved it. it. It was funny. It was, but it was the martial arts weren't bad, you mm-hmm. know. So and the lines were so classic, you know. Yep. So, the yeah. Shogun of Harlem and Bruce Lee, yeah, yeah. so good. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I showed that to my kids, and they're like, "Really, Dad? I know it's so, <laughs> it's so good." <laughs> I haven't yeah. I haven't showed it to my daughter yet. She's the one who my my daughter will watch anything from the eighties that I show her and she loves it. So I, oh, okay. I gotta get her to watch that. All right, final yes. question. This one this one doesn't have to be a martial arts movie. It can be any movie. Favorite mm-hmm. movie fight scene. Favorite movie fight scene. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I've had people pick anything from, you know, Bruce Lee movies to yeah. Mar- Marvel movies to Batman. I mean any anything goes. Just yeah. a, a, a fight me... scene that stands out. I'm gonna. It is martial arts, but one that is coming to my mind right now is Drunken Master, Jackie Chan. Oh, great yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay. The, the 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 last fight against the guy, I guess, in reality, was his bodyguard or something like that. Or okay. I, I, I've been told uh, the guy, uh, but that was such a great scene. And and Ho Song was in it too, but not the fight scene with involving Ho Song. The fight scene involving the guy that they use. Uh, obviously, they use a. Uh, string to to raise his leg but it, it yeah. was just yeah wow. it was funny yeah. it's entertaining i love yeah. i just I'll, I'll watch anything martial arts <laughs> i don't <laughs> care i was just at the like the dollar tree and saw like two martial arts movies for a buck 25 each i'm like never heard of them but i'm gonna buy them and watch them <laughs> if, <laughs> okay. if they're bad i'll never watch them again but you know it was a buck 25 <laughs> and maybe there'll be a good fight scene in there so <laughs> 
There you go. Well, Philip, anything else you want to mention before I let you go? I, I so appreciate your time, and I, I'm looking forward. I'm going to order both books. I already, uh, my, my son has Amazon Prime, so I said order these and get me free shipping. So he's going to oh, okay. <laughs> he's, he's going to order nice. for me, and I should have them uh, by next week. So I'll, I'll get, get them read. But any anything else you want to mention? Anything I maybe didn't ask no. you or anything? Or No, I guess just that martial arts and even medicine, they're only two major aspects, but they're only aspects of my life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I try to be as well-rounded as possible. I try to utilize all the gifts that God has uh, given me, the gifts and talents and opportunities God has given me to their ultimate p- potential. And so I try to be the best father possible. I try to, I've since in the last 10 years or so, I've also gotten into social dancing. And so, oh, wow. uh, okay. yeah, so I, I've been told that Bruce Lee was a good cha-cha dancer. Yeah, but, yeah he won, uh, he won some contests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so salsa and, and even swing. Wow. Um, I've got, I've gotten into. That's impressive. And, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. And then I want to see as much the world as possible so that I have a global perspective and so forth. I, I really cherish, I try to cherish every moment and every opportunity and make the most out of every situation that I get faced. That's a great, out, a great outlook to have. I love that. I love that outlook and I'm, I'm so glad we got to chat. I, Mr. Pineda spoke very highly of you and, and I was, uh, I'm glad when you agreed to do this and I'm glad we got to it's a, and and uh, your episode will uh, should be coming out on the first Thursday in November, so November third. I'm about a m- little over a month ahead right now. Once again, I just I truly appreciate your time, and, and I, I look forward to getting the episode out there. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.